Hey everybody, welcome back to Radio Gripe. We're back in the house, back in the studio, coming at you, coming in hot, live from Michigan. Uh, yeah, um, I'm one of the hosts, my name is Joe. I'm Jen, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we. Uh, I'll just go ahead and lay it out there. We were gone last week, we actually took a, took a little vacay and went... To Michigan, uh, Jen, right. Jen's motherland. And careful listeners uh, would have picked up. I was uh, throwing down some hints last week that we might be out of town for a week. So y'all missed your opportunity to come to this house and steal our 2009 TV and our PlayStation 4. You missed out. Yeah. You would have had to fight off a couple of cats that were, uh, you know, very hungry for affection. So that would have held you up. That would have made it turn it, turn it into an ordeal. But uh, yeah, we're back, and uh, as of this afternoon, Sunday, the what is it, twenty first, twenty second, we just took some at home tests, and it looks like we're all in the clear for the COVID. We are negative. That's right. Yeah. We so, keep challenging God so to you, smite us with disease. You heard it here first, folks. The virus is fake. And once again, we have proven that we are stronger than God. We, <laughs> yeah. And okay, we will that. never die. I go with that. Nothing the vir- can the kill virus us. is real, but we are stronger than God. That's what we're going to go with then. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, you know, we had, we had to go through a few airports and uh, some, some areas where uh, masks are not at all a thing, you know, and everything else. And so, well, I have it on know. some authority, uh, a guy. A friend, shout out to Matt. Uh, that Delta has not made its way to that part of Michigan yet. Well, you know, uh, source data overlaid on a map would tell you otherwise, but <clears throat> not not in significant numbers like it has here in Texas. Oh, we're blowing up. Um, uh, we'll get to COVID in Texas in a moment. We could we can get ahead of ourselves a little too easily. Uh, let's move the show along, though. Uh, do you want to uh, share anything? Over the last week that you've been enjoying. Listening, learning, loving. Living, laughing, loathing. Well, we were we were listening to some podcasts on a road trip, and uh, Joe and I were enjoying Strong Songs, uh, which is a podcast that I recommend to anybody, to anybody who wants to uh, geek out over music, and Song Exploder is another good one, too. If you want to get into the nitty-gritty of a song and uh, get down on some music theory as well. Yeah, it was really enjoyable um, hearing uh, the songs kind of get dissected uh, bit by bit. And uh, I mean, it's beyond my comprehension uh, because I don't know a whole lot about musical theory or just uh, musical training at all, really. There's a lot of terms that you got to familiarize yourself yeah. with if you are a non-musical person, as yeah. Joe and I are. But also, he's uh, the host is enthusiastic about it. Uh, it's not it's not like he's talking down to anybody or being, you know, kind of a highfalutin with his terms. Um, no, and I think yeah. this show is great for kids, too, because he keeps it clean. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really, really good. Uh, I will just say that I was uh, I was loving that nice, cool Michigan air. Oh yeah, but we're back in Texas now, and like I even noticed as we uh, we landed and the back door of the plane opened so they could like load it up with full of snacks and everything. We were towards the back of the plane, and I could feel that heat and humidity coming in from that back door, like before we were even able to get off the plane. Unpleasant. Yeah, but not the case in uh, most of where we were over there. Uh, yeah, it was it was really really great, and I was honestly just loving to see uh, Detroit for the first time. Uh, 
Yeah, we recommend yeah. Uh, that all of our listeners uh, take take time to go visit their summer homes in this month of August here in <laughs> Texas. Um, why are you yeah. not doing that? You all have summer homes, right? Right. All on Lake something or other. Get somewhere. up there. Get up above that Mason-Dixon line. Mm. By the way, apologies for my na- particularly nasally voice. I just got home and I'm allergic to here. So. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, uh, I don't know, take a little... Peek in my mailbag. Hey, I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. Fuck it, I'll sell it retail. Yeah. <laughs> well, mailbag got pretty uh, folksy. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we uh, we did get a piece of mail uh, from uh, this guy Dan, who uh, I don't know. I'm a little worried about how much he likes us. He's keeps emailing us over and over again uh but yeah uh dan says hello friends after listening to your latest episode i came up with a useful list of items that will help us weather the coming environmental collapse feel free to use them as you see fit so uh we're gonna go ahead and he's he's putting us in future hacks down right. pollinator tweezers since all pollinators will disappear, you'll want to get out those tweezers and keep those plants fucking. <laughs> it's very true. Acid rain tarp. Uh, make sure you're safe from the pH2 rain that will fall, eventually making battery acid seem like Aquafina. Uh, also, third lung, which converts greenhouse gases to breathable oxygen. Get the CRISPR folks on it. Yes. Uh, good shout out to what I talked about CRISPR, I think, a little bit last time. Three seashells, self-explanatory. <laughs> and uh, truffle pig will help find the only food available, that which grows underground. Also, friendship. <laughs> and uh, Friendship co- is really the important, uh, I mean, the friendship of the truffle pig and the friendship of each other. And that's something I think we miss a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Love Dan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All very helpful suggestions. Good points. Uh, good points. Thinking outside the box. Um, yeah, I'll I'll uh, go ahead and um, mention that uh, some things to think about alongside with that. You know, we had talked about uh, water collection uh, and things like that. Uh, I think on the the first or second uh, segment of future hacks. And he's talking about acid rain tarps. That's smart. I would suggest also acid rain collection. It's going to be like a, you know, a, a make do or do without kind of future. And I think that like finding uses for anything you can get your hands on, even though you don't actually want it on your hands, that can be valuable. Yeah. It can, you can use it defensively. You're going to need Rubbermaid plastic to collect that acid rain. Use it for uh, science. As we learned from... Breaking Bad. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, they have a they have a certain, uh, yeah, like chemical plastic that's used. Uh, yeah, because I guess uh, steel can't be used. Glass is pretty good, but also glass is breakable. So, you know, kind of risk-benefit analysis on that one. Right. Next week, we're going to be exploring future hacks a little bit more, and we're going to be talking about some of our favorite dystopian future content uh, we're gonna be bringing mm-hmm. you some music talking about some movies and literature possibly video games since we never shut up about video games yeah but for this though uh, i do appreciate these getting sent in and uh 
uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and also second the motion behind those uh, the pollinator tweezers. Uh, as we know, that's something that's needed now for a lot of things. Well, I mean, they're rolling out the they're rolling out the robot bees, as you know. Okay, that's right. Uh, millions of dollars have been invested into robot bees. Mm-hmm. I would recommend then for the future uh, defenses against robot bees. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly what form that's going to take. Uh, probably just really kind of airtight uh, domicile. You know, like I don't know, some kind of netting. He might even do the trick. Uh, electromagnetic pulse if you can yeah. make, make a tiny EMP bomb. I mean, I, I imagine we're all going to be living in Faraday cages at some point. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, also, um, I'm, I'm wondering uh, what role radiation is going to play in the far-flung future, considering how many uh, nuclear waste sites there are everywhere else and, you know, uh, just, just all the various things. Uh, once having an infrastructure in place fails, all the things that we rely on uh, for keeping nuclear energy in check and and sure. everything safe might be wild. So we're, we'll end up finding out uh, whether radiation is kind of a friend or foe. I'm going to say foe, but only time will tell. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to any positive mutations. Positive mutations you want. You know... It's probably going to take a while before we get What there. I love about the Russians is that they are at least mentally and emotionally prepared for a giant solar flare that will knock out the grid. That's something, I mean, the Russians have been keeping an eye on solar activity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a definitely an overlooked uh, threat in other parts of the world. So if we have any Russian yeah. listeners, you know, hit us up. Uh, let us know what you're doing to prepare for the big solar flare that will knock out the grid permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, any other listeners, uh, if you have any future hacks, hit us up at we're trying show at gmail.com. And um, let us know if there's any speculative uh, fiction works that you'd like us to discuss on next week's episode. Yeah, um, even if it's, uh, you know, uh, songs about a dystopic wasteland or if you're maybe even talking about uh, imagery uh, through art or, you know, uh, film, obviously, fiction, literature, whatever it might be. Let's speculate together. Yeah. Um, Cool. You know what? Before we get too far... uh, Gilson may be a little rusty at this. Let me throw it out there that the opinions expressed here on Radio Gripe are not the opinions of KBSR. Uh, hold solely us accountable uh, at that email that, oh, hope, hope you caught it. You'll never hear it again. Never hear it again. Never hear it again. But yeah, thanks to KBSR for having us on the network. Uh, they just kind of let us do what we do. It's been fun. We've been a little, I've been a little at least out of the loop on some things lately uh, with our trip and a few other things. I wrote down... Abbott infected, Dan Patrick racist, retaliatory glaciers, insects question mark, and Britney's dogs. So that's that's kind of the table of contents <laughs> for today's show, I guess. Yeah, well, fuck it, let's dive right in. Uh, Afghanistan, or I guess let's dive right out. Too soon?
look, uh, as you know, we're not like journalists, so don't don't expect that we're going to have like tons of info on this. We're we're going to have some takes and just a little bit of commentary about it. And at this point, there's so much going on and it's evolving. I think that a little bit more time and space will kind of help uh, us have something more important to say about it. I haven't prepared anything, honestly. Uh, we've been in Afghanistan for you know, almost my whole adult life. And this is, you know, kind of, it's kind of wild, but well, and it's, if you think about it to, um, take it further back when we were, we ones not even aware of the world at large. Uh, that was around the time that, uh, you know, in the Reagan administration, I want to say it was Donald Rumsfeld was helping to put Saddam Hussein in office in Iraq. Now, when we were a little bit older and now we're building memories with the world around us, we have Operation Desert Storm, which is to take Saddam Hussein out of power in Iraq. Didn't necessarily win, but he did stand down uh, with, uh, I guess, the, the violence against the Kurds that he was that he was going on. But then it comes to many years later, and we get into the war on terror, and we end up going to Iraq and we end up going after Saddam again, but we also occupy, we've occupied Afghanistan for, yeah, 20 something years now, right around 20 years. Right. So it's, it's been a thing off and on, I think with our entire life is, uh, you know, our relationship with war in the middle East and our insistence on, uh, the, the military presence there. But of course, if you are not military or you're not in a military family, because we really have become a society where only a select class of people are serving so Mm -hmm. i think most people feel like we haven't been at war for 20 years sure i think that you know i want to just slightly disagree i think that you'll see a couple of different classes within the military uh but i think that there's probably not the same representation that you'll see in civilian life right I think that when it comes to the military, you'll probably see a lot of uh, economically uh, challenged or no. Well, I what's the word I'm looking for? Oppressed, you know, minorities, and then you'll also see middle and upper middle class uh, white families I who, had are, friends who are high and patriotic about the whole deal because they, in, it's their lineage. I had friends that enlisted, yeah, just after nine eleven, and not out of really a sense of civic duty. It was uh, so they could go to college. Sure. Yeah, I've, uh, I've known a few people that have gone to either the Navy or the Air Force, uh, mainly because they wanted that college money. Um, yeah, so I think that you'll find a few different classes, but it does end up... Uh, we've we've had a militarized uh, consciousness, like kind of nonstop for the latter half of the 20th century. And then now the entirety of the 21st century has been an ongoing kind of will-it-ever-end war uh we've you know the war war on drugs has kind of come into a wrap in a, in a few ways but uh this war on terror is uh, who knows uh but to say about this specifically i guess like the big the big talk about it is how let's acknowledge a this was started by george bush jr uh he was the one that got us kind of into all this and signed off on it but then donald trump the most recent former not anymore not a president anymore that guy he is the one that that put this uh order together for the withdrawal of troops from afghanistan 
did this uh, just under a year ago. It was during 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were praising him for like, oh, we're ending the occupation of Afghanistan. This Republican president is ending war. And, you know, yeah, that's how they build it. Uh, Biden comes in and he uh, sped up that timetable. And you can have the conversation about whether or not changing the timetable actually makes the difference or whether this kind of response was inevitable. I don't really know. And I don't necessarily I, I think care. the Biden administration has been e- equal to the Trump administration as dishonestly optimistic, right. just as dishonestly optimistic about uh, what the withdrawal is going to look like, yeah. which is about as dishonestly optimistic as the government has been for the duration right. of occupation, uh, occupation in Afghanistan. Yeah. We have the Pentagon papers. We know, we know that they were lying. Yeah. I think that, um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who would come at me for this comment that I'm about to make, but I'm just going to throw it out there just to like, I've been thinking lately about the uh, tour of Afghanistan that's been happening for some time. And it makes me think of Vietnam in the same way of like a long drawn out, unpopular, unendable war. You may be the first living person ever to draw that comparison between Afghanistan. I'm a thinker, uh, (laughs) but no, it's just, I've never, I've never necessarily considered it that way because I've been thinking about how it's war is different in the 21st century too. Because for one thing, one thing about Vietnam is that uh, we had the draft. And so there was conscription, uh, which is one of the more fucked up parts about it. Uh, People went into that war not wanting to, and uh, people are wanting to go into this war. And in fact, in the 21st century, we outsource a lot of our soldiers to private firms. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's actually a lot of mercenaries on the ground Mm -hmm. instead of it being like, you know, a a legitimate U S liberation. It's a, it's a fucking capital venture. So there are enough, there are enough differences about it where it's, it's kind of only uh, they're, they're similar thematically, but they actually have quite a bit of differences and they're, they're both really, really fucking terrible. This, this war, this occupation has also been a shame on our fucking country. I would say, next thing you had something about Abbott's infected governor Greg Abbott has contracted COVID yeah uh, and he was vaccinated I am assuming that he was vaccinated Uh, it's I've seen that confirmed okay yeah and uh, apparently he's been asymptomatic Uh, they gave him you know the the monoclonal uh, Regeneron uh, monoclonal antibodies uh, kind of as a preventative you know, and they're saying like it's actually used best as a preventative if you can spot symptoms and diagnosis early enough with it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about him. He's elite. I'll get him through. That shit. If Trump could survive. No, yeah, I'm sure I mean, could survive. I'm not. Look, I'm not here not to resources. I'm not here to uh, make fun uh, or, or make light of it. But I'm also not here to say like, well, I hope he's okay. Because yeah, as you say, he has the resources. Uh, that he'll be fine. He's fine. But Greg Abbott's taken a, a very, a very um, forceful tact in uh, combating uh, coronavirus 
prevention. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, rather no. than say, hey, different parts of Texas are different. Do what you feel is necessary to mm-hmm. stay safe where yeah. you are, although I'm not going to decree any type of vaccine or mask mandates. Uh, no, well, he's gone a step further and said, you are not allowed. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, he's shown time and again over uh, the last year of this that he's a he leans towards a fascistic small government kind of thing so an authoritarian yeah for sure that's what i'm getting to is that his his idea about freedoms and liberties is that um you only have the ones that convenience him right you know what i mean um convenience him politically right or uh convenience uh his constituents financially Mm -hmm. whatever it might be just how he's He's railed against uh, shutting down and he wants people back to work. He doesn't want people getting unemployment or uh, financial assistance for anything. Well, I, I got to tell you, the kids are, you know, my little niece and nephew just started school. This is a public school. And I think they said only about six or eight percent of parents at this school opted out of sending their children to school in masks. Mm, yeah. Uh, but that six or eight percent, whatever it was, it was very vocal. Right. Yeah, um, I guess uh, maybe I'll do that for a future episode and talk about some of the school boards, which have been going wild with uh, with, with parents and PTA meetings. Uh, Attacks uh, here in Travis County, um, or was it Williamson County uh, here in Central Texas, where one teacher was attacked, had her mask ripped off by a parent. There was another incident that occurred. I think it was just verbal abuse, but... Yeah. yeah, I heard about it a little bit, but I haven't read it. Um, Parents are acting, they're acting up. Yeah. Well, I did want to uh, just say this was something that I saw recently to talk about the, I guess, irony or whatever of uh, Abbott getting COVID, considering his his COVID response. The state has averaged 80 deaths a day for over the last seven days, according to data from the CDC. Uh, its highest seven-day average of COVID deaths since mid-March. Greg Abbott requested five mortuary trailers from the federal government this week in anticipation of an influx of bodies. Dan Patrick uh, told um, Ingram, I don't know who that is, I think the reporter, that Democrats are doing nothing for the African-American community, while Republicans are encouraging people who want the vaccine to take it. But he added, We respect the fact if they don't want the vaccination, we're not going to force it on them. That's their individual right. You can see the kind of like uh, the spinning double-handed approach to uh, you can get the vaccine if you want it. You get no other assistance or anything from us. We'll we'll call in some more fucking mortuary trailers for your bodies if you don't want the vaccine. That's your other option. And well, that's what you say there is not actually the more blunt thing that he said when he was playing the race card on COVID, uh, he did actually look at local numbers, I'm sorry, recent numbers and tie that directly to the unvaccinated African-American population of Texas. What is what he's saying? He's saying that black Texans are getting sick at a higher rate in major metropolitan areas that are typically governed by Democrats. Uh, yeah. And um, pointing out the fact that vaccination rates are apparently lower among black communities. And so he is pointing the finger at black communities for not being vaccinated and for spreading the disease. Ah, I see. Yeah. That's where it comes down to him, like kind of like, 
yeah, he is pointing pointing the finger at a certain community. Don't skip. Don't blame. Don't scapegoat Republicans. Well, scapegoat scapegoat black Texans. Yeah, yeah. That's the tack, and so I got. I guess if you got that guy's such a piece of shit. I. I, If that's what you got from what he said, because I I have trouble ever listening to anything that comes out of his mouth. It's totally disingenuous. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear a soundbite of it or anything, but I did see it, uh, you know, like in transcript. Yeah. But at the same time, during the same interview or whatever, he's he's saying that uh, Democrats are doing nothing while Republicans are trying to help people, which is the most backward fucking approach at a statement when when talking about Republicans and the the COVID response in Texas. Uh, It's not. It's yeah. not a we need to be united kind of statement, that's for sure. No, it's not. So, yeah, there you go. That's uh that's how Texas politics is going this week where, you know, it's it's that little microcosm of Trump getting coronavirus and also battling uh the CDC and everybody else who is trying to do it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's all these uh there's all these cures floating around out there that uh, big pharma doesn't want you to know about too. So, mm, 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 mm. Um, I, I hesitate to tell you folks on the radio, um, but I've got a little veterinary cabinet for my various animals that I keep around the house. I happen to have some uh, apple flavored ivermectin paste in that medicine mm. cabinet. Mm-hmm. Don't come kill me for it. Yeah, the people but that's, are, that's probably why we uh, have not caught the caught the COVID so far. It's because we I, have been having that a couple times a week. I just put it on my toothbrush <laughs> uh, before I go to bed at night. I was going to say I mix it in my oatmeal or something, but Jesus. So we use this as an anti-parasite medication, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently there had been some, some scientists looking into how it might be applied towards uh, COVID. Yeah. And um, that's enough for people to... Um, raid pharmacies and then failing that start raiding feed stores hmm. to get their hands on that sweet anti-parasite medication yeah um to uh to try to cure their covid yeah oh god well you know we don't need to wait for the science on you can that try one. anything it's um, good for a horse yeah i hear that if you uh you know just keep vapor rub all over your face uh <laughs> those vapors will kill basically anything that gets close to it all the air that you're inhaling gets kind of purified by all that menthol <laughs> so just uh keep a fresh layer of vapor rub <laughs> on your face at all times yeah
because we talked about something like a month ago, fucking who knows, um, about a planned concert at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. And uh, right. that that concert just went off over there in Philadelphia, and it uh, looks, like looks like it was a lot of fun. Now, remind me, did you say that this was, this was organized by a trans musician? I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Laura Jane Grace. And uh, there were a couple of the people at the concert... But yeah, I, I saw a few pictures and uh, just kind of like read a few responses and uh, and some comments from Laura Jane Grace about it. And it, it just, you know what, looked like a really fucking fun time. Yeah, there was apparently uh, some of the local businesses got in on it with kind of like putting some booths out and everything. The sex shop and the mortuary did not have tables out. They weren't really trying to like be part of the block party, but you know. Uh, Bummer, I would. Yeah, I know. Uh, right? Maybe not the mortuary. I guess that's distasteful. <laughs> Sex shop totally should have gotten in on At it. At least put out some lube samples. <laughs> that mosh pit's getting wet and wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that's good to hear because when when I first heard about it, I even I kind of thought it was a joke too, maybe. And uh, but I thought it was cool. And to now hear that it went off and see some pictures and everybody just had a fucking great time. Uh, that's that's really cool. It's good to see. Mm-hmm. Warms the heart. In other news, I got the uh, Doomsday Glacier. Right, Doomsday Glacier. Yeah, I don't, know. A- I, I don't, again, I didn't like prepare anything, but uh, basically there's a particular ice glacier known as the Thwaites Glacier. Uh, I want to say it's up north in the Arctic. And, uh, well, it's been melting a little bit. The fear is that, because it's been kind of like separating and becoming its own thing, from uh, the ice sheet and everything else. The fear is, is that if it really separates and is exposed to warm enough waters to fully melt it, just that one glacier can have some pretty devastating effects for shorelines all over the world. It's pretty big. And we're finding out that apparently there is a pretty warm undercurrent that is reaching in underneath it, which would likely be kind of melting it from underneath. So it's not even about the UV rays or the warming of the surface of the earth because the oceans are also going through these fluctuations within currents uh, that are underwater. And so, yeah, some scientists, uh, they're keeping their eye on that glacier to kind of monitor its size and like what it's going through because it could just that one piece of ice could uh, really fuck everything up. Wow. Yeah. What are we talking about as far as uh, 
rising levels. I mean, um, again, didn't take notes. Um, I don't know. They call it the Doomsday Glacier, though. Isn't that significant? <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty significant. Has anyone checked the Doomsday Clock lately? Good question. Because I feel like it's been five minutes to Doomsday for a long time, and maybe they had to reevaluate that. I did. That would explain why I wrote down retaliatory glaciers. At the tone, it will be one hundred seconds to midnight. Oh shit! Yeah. Bong. So it does, I guess that's the tone. We're pretty close to midnight. Bong. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> we are under two minutes. I don't know. Under three, at least. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> oh boy, that's crazy. Well, I'll set an alarm. Yeah, I don't want to that sleep is, through uh, it. Let's see. When is the date on this? Uh, January twenty seventh of this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're talking about COVID and and and, and, and uh, accelerating nuclear programs and then then uh, uh, governments failing to act and then then. Uh, human beings it also mentions human beings as a problem uh and then a dark nuclear landscape with glimmers of hope um but yeah i I don't need to read this entire uh article from uh, the bulletin.org about uh, the bulletin of atomic scientists 75 years and counting which will give you the current time of the uh, doomsday clock but yeah under two minutes fucking christ I remember hearing about the doomsday clock when I was like, what, 20? And yeah, I think back then they were moving it from like seven to six minutes or six to five or something. And, and it was a big fucking deal. This was, uh, I think, maybe around the time of, I want to say it was before 9-11, but I can't recall. It was sometime around the year 2000, I think. Now, the doomsday clock doesn't just move forward. It also moves back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, if you do mm-hmm. something like uh, strike up some kind of climate yeah. agreement, some kind some kind of Paris Accord, they'll right. they'll move it backwards. Yeah, but um, and wasn't it started more as a a symbol of nuclear proliferation and the likelihood that we would actually annihilate ourselves through mm-hmm. like atomic warfare or whatever? I think that's where it started, and it was meant to kind of. Uh, be a commentary on nuclear deproliferation and public support for that. Like the, the way that the clock moves is kind of more about, are we making more of these weapons and kind of like shoring those up uh, to actually use or not? Because those are the things that would, as of 60, 70 years ago, those were the things that were like, that's death on a massive scale. Uh, Here in the 21st century, we have a lot of other ways to achieve death on a massive scale. Nuclear weaponry. That's, that's old. You know what I mean? I mean, there's still anthrax floating around. Wouldn't that be wild if that came out of nowhere? Wouldn't that be wild? But, um, yeah, living in a global pandemic as we do. And, you know, just a reminder, the world is ending for someone uh, at all times. Yeah. You know, you you can't open your phone and look at Apple News or whatever. I don't have an Apple product, but... Nope. But... um, We're villains. Google News without... (laughs) Without seeing some article headlines, um, apocalypse variant, question mark, or whatever, sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, this thing, it, it's got a lot of traction. It could mutate at any time to something that is just not going to be so easy to combat. And that's where uh, our own personal mutations are going to be uh, very helpful if you, if you want to survive. Yeah. Might, not, might not be you, but... 
Could yeah. Be, could be your kids. Could be your kids. Could be your neighbor. Could be your uh, family there. Could be. Yeah. <sighs> what, a, what a great, fun show that we do. Um, did you have anything else written down? Brittany's dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> well, I wrote that. I guess I wrote that down. But actually, this is a depressing story, though. Okay. Uh, we've been keeping tabs on Brittany and her struggle for autonomy. Yeah, I don't know. I was just reading that the she had her dogs taken away. Mm-hmm. But oh. I didn't read too much more. I guess one of the, the dog walkers uh, just kind of took the dogs out and never came home with them. Brittany had called to file a police report saying her dogs were stolen, but then dropped it. So, you know, obviously she has two caretakers at this point, Jamie Lynn Spears and somebody else is uh, also a co-conservator. Between the two of them, someone decided to remove Brittany's dogs from her mansion, Mm -hmm. um, possibly under the excuse that they're not being well cared for although she pays people to do that probably so yeah i don't i don't know it's just one more of those things there's always the threat of you know removing her kids removing visitation with her kids i i guess maybe the dog thing could be retaliatory for uh, her recent efforts to change the terms of her conservatorship in court which well, which up. did not work for her uh ultimately yeah yeah i heard man Brittany can't never catch a break no man you want to know hey um i don't i don't want to be uh what's the word here what's what's the word for kind of like grim and like a shitty manner in an attempt to be funny caustic no I don't want to be too grim or dark about it, but it's just, I kind of foresee like things move in that direction. Brittany could very likely be a person who might snap after having to deal so, with so much shit through the years. And if you, if you want to see a, a broken person lash out in a bad way, you know, before they've even like really reached the prime of their life or like an, a, a self-actualization, mm-hmm then this is what you do. This is how you do that. You know, I got to tell you a young woman shaving her head in a barber shop and brandishing a, an umbrella at a paparazzi that's getting in her face. That's not the face of somebody who's truly had a break. Right. Um, that's somebody, you know, maybe going through a rough time, but sure. uh, dealing, you know, handling it in a, a way that I would, you know, probably mm-hmm. we've all shaved our head and brandished umbrellas at people, whether or not they were paparazzis. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the thing that women do in the movies when they decide that they've taken enough shit and they Mm -hmm. want to reinvent themselves as they go crop their hair real close. Um, Legend of Billie Jean. Anyone? Hey, anyone? Anyone? G.I. Jane. Demi Moore. There you go. Uh, uh, Joan of Arc. Anyone? (laughs) Hello? Anyone? (laughs) Hello? Anyone? (laughs) Joan of Arc, uh, she cut her locks and picked up a weapon. Um, I started and she's about, a fucking saint. Uh, Sigourney Weaver in the Alien sequels. Yes. Anyone? Anyone? Yes. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no. Um, well, that's. Yeah, I don't think that she's uh, in past years. I don't think that she's been certifiable and needed this conservatorship. I think that she's been distressed and anguished 
as a result of the conservatorship. And the longer you let that go on, like the less likelihood she'll ever be able to kind of like have some mental peace and clarity. You know what I mean? Yeah, rich people, fabulously wealthy people are already a little bit crazy and it puts you in a fucking alternate reality detached that much money. from the reality that yeah. we all share but to be cloistered in your house and made to work and be disallowed to make any choices for yourself including whether or not to procreate mm. uh is a whole other level yeah yeah it's well well it, it does have repercussions i should like to see britney lobby to have those pets be emotional support animals. Yeah. Get those fucking dogs back. Get those fucking dogs back. Yeah. I'm sure they miss her. So it needs to, if you're, if you're listening and you make viral songs on the internet, get those fucking dogs back. Hashtag. That's your hook. Get those fucking dogs back. Yeah. Get it done listeners. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> We've done all we can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about the end of the show, actually. Yeah. Um, All right, everybody. Well, thanks for uh, listening and joining us again. Uh, We we promise we'll stay in touch better. Okay, we promise. Yeah, we really miss you. Yeah, we've just been the worst. (laughs) We've had so much going on. Yeah, turns out other things happen. Um, But yeah, thanks to KBSR for having us on the network. Still, even though we're so sloppy about putting on our our shows. Go check out everything there. I hear there's a new show with uh, DJ Billy. I don't know if that's his official <laughs> DJ name, uh, but Billy's got a show. I hear it's really great. Cool. And uh, yeah, everything else there. Go check out Trevor and the Mental State Fair on SoundCloud. He gives us a song, Dying in Texas. Thanks, Trev. And a Spectrostatic. 
Espectrostatic. That's right. You can find that on Spotify and uh, Bandcamp, and he's got his own website. Uh, thanks, Alex, for giving us use of stuff also. Jen, anybody you want to thank? I would like to thank Sarah and Lily for keeping uh, various flora and fauna alive mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in our absence. Yeah. Yeah, not a single thing uh, departed this world uh, under their watch. Not yet. I think I'm about to lose a plant, but it was on its way out before we left. I mean, plants die all the time. Yeah, especially yeah. in this house. Welcome to the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the way it's been for a while. Huh? <laughs> that's just statistical history. Things die here. Um, only the strong survive. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of hoping when we moved in to a 100-year-old house... If, if we didn't have ghosts, at least maybe a gas leak that would cause some hallucinations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feeling of trepidation, being sure. watched. Um, you know, I get home sometimes and everything is just splayed out asleep. And I just kind of gaze around and wonder if I'm seeing the final <laughs> stages of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> never. It, ne- it never happens. Um, yeah. What does this have to do with the plant? <laughs> it's just... Okay. I'm just saying, there's a dark energy, and I love it. Okay. And I cool. love it. I missed it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. I don't know if that's what you say. That's not what I would say. Okay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Sit down, my